0: Ah, well, we don't like getting jumped.
1: Alright. <laughs> and on that bombshell.
0: And, <laughs> and, and on that bombshell. Alright, let's start. Come on. And we're back. Welcome back to the Last Call podcast. My name is Jamal. I'm joined 29 and a half kilometers away. Okay, there you
1: the listeners will be happy to know that we did receive our fines last week for breaking curfew and talking after nine o'clock. So this week's episode will go exactly thirteen more minutes, and then we will be signing off.
0: Uh, that's not true because we had a great weekend on the punt. So,
1: <laughs> well, we all—I almost had a fantastic weekend on the punt.
0: Ah, same. I almost made, oh, I almost made fifteen hundred dollars from the St. Kilda Fremantle game.
1: Okay, well, I got nowhere close to that, but fucking Jordan Zebul Ridley. Shit. One more possession, another hundred jumps in.
0: Oh no, I almost made two grand. I am almost made fifteen hundred from the St Kilda game, and I almost made two grand from the Hawthorne game.
1: Mate, I reckon you're handing your notice to the the nightclub. You don't need a job,
0: mate. You reckon the nightclub will be like, yeah, it's it's, it's fine. We're not going to be open for the next six months anyway.
1: Just say to them, as stupid as this sounds, it's genuinely a surer wage to just back 20 leg multis than wait for you to reopen.
0: I've lit- Yeah, I have literally made <laughs> not as much money. I'm, I might have to count it at some point, but I am making more money in the past, when I last work, July, like six weeks on the punt than I have at a nightclub crazy absolute scenes
1: absolute scenes
0: i mean yeah Well, i mean should we just jump straight into straight into the footy
1: i mean i i want to mix it up how we start yeah go on because uh something you've mentioned to me off air and on that note of you being able to fund your extravagant lifestyle i believe you made quite a significant purchase this week that you've invested some time in
0: i i have uh, it, uh, it was yesterday. Um, I was sitting at home with absolutely nothing to do, and I was loading up the uh, AFL Evolution game, which was, came out in, like, 2017. And I was like...
1: Evolution 2?
0: No, no, just the first one.
1: Oh, the first one.
0: Yeah, so I had the first one, which came out All in right, 2017, right. and I was just like, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love, instead of having... Uh, Who's a player from twenty seventeen? Fucking
1: Brent Staker.
0: Yeah, instead of <laughs> playing against people like I'm trying to think of old players who retired in twenty seventeen. Whatever, doesn't matter. I'd like to have Bram on the wing.
1: You know, I'd and like sad- to... And sadly, the the Ballarat Football League game from twenty seventeen just doesn't have the graphics required.
0: No, I don't think Electricians uh, Simulator what's uh, <laughs> available so uh, I did decide to uh, s- spend how much was it $35 on uh, is that all yeah um, it was on sale at JB so got it for $35 bucks. I paid $10 bucks for the 2021 pack and I have bought AFL Evolution 2 And instead of uh, taking Hawthorne to the flag, because I was like, yeah, we've won our fair share of flags, you know, who's really down in the
1: dumps.
0: (laughs) Very true, but a more noble side and with more history, the Gold Coast Suns. So I've decided to create a player named Holden Vandenberg. And as Holden Vandenberg, a marauding half-forward midfielder, I'm going to take the Gold Coast Suns from shit to the flag. So I'm one season in. Uh, we made the elimination final and we lost.
1: You took the team to, before you got drafted, where did the Suns finish in the, does it tell you that? Uh, they finished 17th. So you took them from 17th to 8th? I did, yeah. And
0: we got wow. absolutely belted by Melbourne,
1: but oh, Holden Vandenberg just absolutely ripping it.
0: Yeah, I won the Brownlow.
1: <laughs> you did not win the Brownlow.
0: You know, yeah, hey, hey that's not even the most ridiculous thing about it because it's like three and a half quarter game, uh, three and a half minute quarters. Mm. So like the pos- the most possessions will be like twelve. So, like when I kick 12, uh, when I have 12 possessions and three goals, that's the equivalent of like Jake Stringer going for 35 and five. You know, the most ridiculous thing about the first season, though, the Coleman winner, Jack <laughs> Um,
1: I think you need to turn the difficulty up if you're winning the Brownlow in your first season.
0: No, I don't think because it's, it's like second from the top, and like we're okay, but we're not good. Like we got, but Matt, you
1: won the Brownlow.
0: Yeah, I'm good. The from rest, half the, forward, the oh, and in the midfield, I get rotated in.
1: So, so basically, you are what Matt Rowell would have been if he didn't get injured.
0: Yeah, and I'm playing with Matt Rowell, you know, but you know who the real star of the team is, Darcy McPherson. Who? I,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't have access to the buttons, but. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. He's a regular Cody Waitman, apparently. I don't know. Apparently, he
1: absolutely is not because Cody Waitman is a jet. Cody meant- Waitman is one of the players. Oh, my goodness. Jeremy Cameron and Gary Rowan have just exploded into each other. Sorry. Man. Oh, yeah. How brutal is that? Woof. I reckon that must have been just before I woke up. Or I was half asleep when I saw that. I, yeah, I, yeah, I reckon I was awake at this point, but I don't remember seeing that. Um, sorry, back to Holden Collie Flower. No, what Vandenberg. Vandenberg? Right, named after his great uncle Richie. Correct. So um,
0: uh, there will be there will be regular podcast updates on so, Holden Vandenberg.
1: Well, you did say that about your career plan for the Vicks. In cricket, uh, cricket, cricket what? Yeah, cricket, cricket twenty. Sorry. And you gave that up pretty quick.
0: Yeah, but you know we're in lockdown. What are we up to? Do, six, seven.
1: No, six for Melbourne, seven for regional.
0: I've got this as six and a half. Just like the no, little- see,
1: it's still six for us because regionals in seven because they went in and then out and then in, but we've just been locked down. At least they got out. <laughs> but it, it it is less for me because I didn't go through last year's lockdowns, so True. it's only four, four for me. Ah, oh, mate, you live in the dream.
0: No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, all right. Well, should we uh, talk footy? Actual footy, not
1: Mister Vandenberg. Where did Essendon finish?
0: Where the uh, Gold Coast Suns finished in my save. Essendon finals, baby.
1: No, no, I mean, where did Essendon finish in the game?
0: They made top four, I
1: think Oh, huge Flagged no.
0: ons and, no, and we will be going over the ratings In the second half Because some of the ratings are just Actually, no, let's do it now
1: Let's do it now
0: All right, so Matt Rowell Great first season, right? Great three and a half games Great yeah. three and a half games 87 Seems high Seems high Pendlebury I love him. One of the greats of the game. In our lifetime.
1: Soon to be a Gold Coast player.
0: At at this stage of his career, 94. Seems high. 94. He's 34. Jonathan Segler. Very good Hawthorne Ruckman for our Ruckman. 85.
1: Eighty-five. Yeah, Jonathan Segler. What? What's Max Gorn, One hundred and thirty. I ha- I
0: didn't pay attention, but yeah. And, and the funniest thing is, so you know how, like J- uh, Jacob Jacob Kaczynski, right? Okay, AFL
1: forward. Yeah, you you're aware of Damon Green? Fuck him, but yeah. You're of uh, Damon, is, Damon. Da- is Damon Greaves the tall, lanky one or the short shit one? He's the short shit one? Okay. Damon Greaves. That's the tall, lanky one. Yes, that's noodle.
0: Yeah. Damon Greaves, seventy-three. Jacob Kozitsky, sixty-five.
1: 65. In fairness, in, in fairness, I had never heard of Cozzy before this year.
0: Yeah, because he's only been on a list for two years.
1: Yes, but so Damon like the rankings, the, the rankings are probably made pre this season, right? So, oh, yeah. so that's probably, that's f- f- but yeah, good. That it seems about right for Cozzy, but it seems far too high for no, Damon. But the Bram 76, he's okay, been around well, since yeah. what July. Yeah. <laughs> What's Sam Durham? 92. Yeah, he's, he's
0: probably a hundred. Mate. He, I, I'm very impressed with does. I'll, I'll come back next week with a full Essendon squad report.
1: Please, please do.
0: We, Smith, we're going to have to start filling six. time now that we don't have 18 games to talk about.
1: That's true. But we will probably both have seen every single minute of every game. That's very true. Um, all right. I feel like there are like I was thinking about what we
0: would do with this week's slate of games. I think there's like four games that we need to talk about, maybe five.
1: Yeah, let's do a quick wraparound of the games we don't need to talk about. Let's blitz through them.
0: Okay. And, so then, the, and then and then get we don't play, need to the talk good about Sydney, Gold Coast, Buddy is on 992. That's all that yeah. matters. Buddy
1: kicks six, was good. Gold Coast are fucking awful. They are said. Terrible. Uh Carlton Giants.
0: Okay, cool. That is a game that a definitely happened. Uh, uh, St Kilda Fremantle. Uh, Fremantle have lost all faith that I have placed in them in the past month um, and looked all bit as terrible as advertised.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, it's probably indicative of where Freo are with the, the players they've had out. I think they've overperformed I think they performed against West Coast. Other than that, I think their form flatters them because they haven't really beaten anyone of note other than West Coast. Yeah, um, no. But yeah, and, considering the amount of players they got out, I think that's... It's still not a good loss when your season's on the line and you can still... Not just conceivably, like, it's, it was a pretty comfortable chance that they could make finals if they had a one.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, just while we're here, uh, if Brad Hill got one more touch... Um, I'd be $1,500 richer. So,
1: was it only one more possession?
0: Uh, it was one touch. And I, th- oh, no, there was one more person.
1: Yeah, there was something else that had to happen, wasn't it? Uh,
0: let me have a look just real quick. I, for some reason, have sports bet up. That is pff, mildly concerning.
1: That's uh, basically just having the work computer open these days. That's true.
0: Uh, David Mundy also needed a touch. So, no,
1: a goal, wasn't it?
0: No, it was a touch. I thought it was a goal, but that I need a touch. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah okay. that, was... that is that is grim. To be fair, five. It was a five dollar bonus bet at three hundred and one dollars, and the fact that I only had two legs short. Yeah. It'll hit one day. <laughs> one day, I'm gonna make it one day. Um, in the other game, the happened. Yeah. Did you see the
1: the, the, the Wayne Carey Cup?
0: Oh, a very good shout. Martin Pike? Did he play for Adelaide? Brisbane. Why do I keep thinking he play for Adelaide? But I'll allow... Uh, Wayne Carey, very good. Um, did you see that Ben Keyes kick? Uh, no. Oh, basically shinned it from 40 metres out and still went in.
1: And still went in?
0: Still went in. No, uh, wow. no one was in the goal square. Wow. Uh, how Oh, yeah, whatever. That, that was a game. All right, Friday.
1: Poor Zerky. Zerky didn't get up.
0: The Lark did. The Lark did. Uh, I picked seven for Zerky, four from the Zer, three from the key.
1: Is it true? I heard somewhere today, and I haven't checked it, so don't shoot the messenger, but is it true that Nick Larky kicked 40 goals this year? It wouldn't surprise me. What do you think? Josh
0: Bruce He's- kicked 54 goals this year. 20% of them came in one game. Lark kicked seven in a game. He's got twenty two rounds to kick. Well, if you get ten in two games, he's got twenty games to kick what? Thirty. That's true.
1: What did Josh Bruce kick against North? Nine. Ten.
0: ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair. So Harry McKay's won the common with what? Fifty eight? Yeah. And Lark's kicked forty. So I mean, good year from Lark. It's getting there. In in a wooden spoon side. Oh, Max has gone. He's taking the mark. Uh, there chance- no, well, he won't kick it. He won't kick it.
0: What is he, 25 out in a slight angle? Yeah, but he's a
1: ruckman. No chance. Can't kick. If only, if only Geelong had have got some, some of their players back there to man the 210-centimetre fucking Yeah, actually,
0: let's, let's start with that game while we're on it because uh, there's nothing I love talking about more, even than a Hawthorne win, than such a phenomenal Geelong collapse. <laughs> because they were up by uh, 49 39 points at four, the yeah, oh, I, I, and 44 yeah. points at three quarter time, and kicked two points in the last quarter. Uh, how good! How and, and to think you fell asleep,
1: yeah. Look, to be fair, when I fell asleep, they were gone. Hey, Huh. Eh? Nah, thank, thank you i'm here all week yeah we? well sorry you kept saying how how and it just reminded me of Hutto's. how did he do that so i thought i'd throw in my own pun yeah
0: no good shout thanks <laughs>
1: um yeah <Geelong laughs> came out
0: of the blocks absolutely flying um and everyone was just like "Ooh, Geelong
1: was but, i mean they didn't really it was pretty close for the first 20 odd minutes wasn't it
0: Oh, no, you're right. They the second uh, second quarter they yeah actually it was like, the last. Yeah, mel
1: time. Melbourne were in front ten minutes or ten minutes into the second quarter, mm. and then yeah. Dangerfield and Geelong just
0: went absolutely ballistic. As much as I hate Geelong, it is so fun when Dangerfield and Selwood and Cameron and Hawkins just like turn it on like that. They just I, like-
1: yeah, it doesn't matter which team it is or who it is. I I still really enjoy seeing. An individual player be so incredibly dominant that they're just so much better than everybody else and Dangerfield is in that limited class of players that can do that I think he's like that Dusty's like that I still think Buddy's like that when he's firing Absolutely. Um, stringers like that especially this year um, I think Danaher can still be like that on his day which he hasn't really shown much in the last couple of years and it shows glimpses of it but when he's fully firing he's like that um,
0: and there are some players who are like that and i think even in lesser sides like we were just talking about north i think zerha has that where he's just yeah. like, hanging around half forward and then kicks four from like 60 meters out like
1: nat five at his peak like 2014 nat five was as dominant a player as i reckon i've seen a monster yeah because he's like what six three and he just When he went to contests in the midfield, he just decided, I'm getting this ball no matter what, and he just always did.
0: Yeah. It's a a shame he's out. It's a shame he's been so injury-ridden since, what, 2016?
1: Yeah, well, didn't he win the Brownlow in 2016?
0: I think I was 17. Okay. But he's, like, injured either side.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I get what you mean. Um, But, yeah, no, I feel... I still think he's underrated, probably. Yeah, because he's so he like he's won two Brownlows. Yeah. That he's gonna go down in history as one of the greats. Like there's not many players that have won two Brownlows.
0: Um no, you're probably right. Like no, in
1: recent times, has Ablett won two? No. I think Ab... did he
0: I was Is actually Ad- Brownlow winners.
1: Um Adam Goods won two in two thousand three and two thousand and six. Uh
0: Oh no, uh Ablett has won too. I
1: reckon Ablett won too. What twenty like twelve and 2009. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh ah, 2012 was the great uh Mitchell Cotchon yeah. Oh that's right, Joe <laughs> Job
1: won. Um yeah, and then Pritus in what twenty fourteen? Okay. No, Pritus twenty fifteen. 5-2014. Uh, pretty so, brilliant. yeah. Like, even the, yeah. the players you'd consider to have been the best and most dominant, Dusty's only won one, Danger's only won one,
0: Robert Harvey's won two,
1: Robert Harvey won two, yeah. But I guess he's kind of before our era, really, his peak, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but in terms of this century, like, statistically, he's him and Ablett are the two greatest players. If you go by Brownlow's,
0: if you go by individual outcomes, yeah, for sure. I think Ablett's. Oh, yeah obviously clear of five, just in terms of um output, I guess, i guess one yeah but Apple's one what three flags
1: 2 oh nine. didn't he leave didn't he leave before the eleven one Something. I don't think he played in that one
0: uh was he a, was he a, like a one of the inaugural players yeah, absolutely. so. 2011,
1: yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, but I mean, it, it again, that comes... I mean, that's the same argument to be had between the Ablett Jr. and Senior debate because people that have seen them both play will, will always say that Ablett Sr. was the better player. But then people say, well, Junior won two flags and Senior never won one, so...
0: Yeah, but, you know... And, yeah, that's a that's a debate for... I guess another day, and probably one that we can't have because we didn't see senior play. But as a, like he kicked Gary Ablett senior kicked nine goals in a grand final.
1: Yeah, having seen Fife and Ablett Junior at their peaks, I feel pretty comfortable in saying I think Geelong win the '07 and '09 flags without him, or at least go close. Yeah, Freer don't go close to making a grand final in 2013 without Fife. That's that's probably a fair shout. Oh, yeah. I think he well, I think he made a bigger difference to that team than Ablett made to the Geelong teams.
0: Yeah, I think well, that's that's also true, but I think you can kind of extrapolate it and be like, yeah, Gary Ablett is still a better player than nat Five at his at their respective peaks. I think yeah, look
1: that's that's probably true, although having said that, I always thought Ablett was especially in his Gold Coast years, I thought he was a little overrated. Like still a champion, but I thought he's a bit overrated. I thought he he got a lot of handball receives.
0: Yeah, because all the hard work, especially
1: in the the later Gold Coast yeah. years.
0: Michael Riscatelli and David Swallow and all those. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but no, like he's undoubtedly a jet, but I I'm not sure he's as good as some people think he is. Yeah, or think um, he was. I agree. Um, a
0: word for Clary Oliver, 30, 37 touches, two goals, seven tackles, nine clearances.
1: Good. You, you, you watched this game in its entirety, I think, or almost entirety. Does he get the three?
0: Yeah, he absolutely gets the three. He, he, there is, and it's almost, as you said, with Nat 5, for some reason, Clary Oliver, if he's in the middle and there's like a disputed ball, he's just like, all right, this one's mine. Sorry, fellas. I don't care if there's uh Cellwood and Danger and Guthrie around him, It's like, nah, fuck it. This, you know, scrawny little annoying yeah. look, redhead, which is ah, Thank you.
1: I think I think I sent you a message five minutes into the second quarter. It's just said, how the fuck has he got 17 touches already?
0: Yeah, he had he, 23 at halftime, I think. He's unbelievable.
1: He did the same thing in that annihilation of the gold coast a month or so ago he had like 25 at halftime yeah no he's unbelievable he's nuts um Um, and will just always remind me of ck for some reason well not for some reason i know why it's because they look the same correctly little redhead (laughs) and they they both he clary looks exactly as annoying as ck does
0: oh absolutely oh uh, hey if like I enjoy watching Clary because he's a great player. But he he's in the Sicily mold of fuck he'd be annoying. Yeah. He'd be so annoying. Yeah. Um all right. Any any other words on the, the Gorn game? How okay, let's let's talk about what are Geelong doing? How do you not see six foot eleven Max Gorn hanging out at the top of the goal square? How does no one run with him?
1: You know what it was? Jake Lever took that kick from, what, 55 metres out?
0: Oh, actually, no. Before we do that, should we talk about the deliberate out-of-bounds into the kick-out in the fall into the 50 into... (laughs) That out-of-bounds was possibly the worst thing that I have seen in my entire lifetime.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, yes, because if you think through it implicitly, it makes no sense for Brayshaw to want it to get it out of bounds. Hmm. But at the same time, if that is switched around and a Geelong defender does that out of that pack going the other way, then it's undoubtedly a free kick.
0: I, well, I, I think that's half of umpiring is just circumstantial. There's, there's context. You've got to apply context to the game.
1: Yeah, I know. But again, that I think... And I agree, I think it was a bad decision. But I think in defence of the umpire, that's another implication of that ridiculous fucking rule it's not even an interpretation change because they've changed what they call the rule they've changed it from deliberate out of bounds to insufficient intent Mm. to keep it in and i i think it's i think the bracer one satisfies that bar easier than it does if you're trying to prove deliberate out of bounds
0: yeah because like obviously he's not trying to kick it out of they're down what four with 50 seconds to go So it's out of bounds, deliberate out of bounds. I literally all like jumped off my chair and almost like elbowed my TV.
1: But that, yeah. And maybe it's my legal thinking background, but that's what they have switched the onus from. You have to deliberately try and get it out for it to be a free kick rather than for it not to be a free kick. You have to deliberately try and keep it in. Yeah, it's... Which... (laughs)
0: Bring it back Which to a Hawthorne-Essendon game from like 2006. I remember Adam McPhee just standing in the back pocket and just like hanging around waiting for someone to run at him and then he'd just run out of bounds. And they'd be like, oh. Like he didn't try and keep it in, but he didn't deliberately knock it out. So it's one of those things where you're just like, oh. Where, yeah, as he said, where's the onus?
1: Just like, and I don't know what's in the rules, or if it—I ha- doubt it has ever been paid, or if it will ever get paid. But theoretically, under this interpretation of the rule, somebody could kick it towards the boundary line, and you could be running behind it, clearly mm-hmm. wanting it to go out, but not touching it. And if you let it roll out, theoretically, they could pay insufficient att- attempt to keep it in, I even mean- though you haven't touched it. Because obviously, that you can't pay deliberate out of bounds if you've had no impact in it yeah but you can pay insufficient attempt to keep it in if you've had a clear opportunity to keep it in
0: which is and i think with more like years under the belt i guess and if it's more refined like with anything i think umpires will eventually get it right but like woof that was you've got you've
1: got more faith than me i do that
0: was but in the context of the game that was a huge call like that could have
1: Yeah. Ridiculous.
0: Minor premiership deciding call by Lee Fisher.
1: Yeah. And then Cam Guthrie gets the ball Mm. with 48 seconds to go on the halfback flank. All he has to do...
0: (laughs) Is keep it in
1: balance. All he has to do is not kick it out in the full at the ground that he spends half his life at. It's not like he's from West Coast coming across to the really narrow ground. He basically lives at that football ground and has done for a decade. All he has to do is kick it and not make it go out in the full. And what does he do? <sighs> he didn't even, didn't even really get it close.
0: No. It was like the runner stood up and was just like, oh, my. Yeah.
1: And then not getting it close feeds nicely into the brain fade on behalf of you guessed it, close. Oh, uh, not Brad. Not the long sleeves. To then just deliberately, uh, uh, conspicuously thump it 20 rows deep when it was four meters out in the full. Yeah. It was already in row B, and he decided to punch it to row double B. <laughs> and
0: then what? Le- lever has it 55 yeah. out. Pops it at 25, here we are. Max Gorn is a Melbourne legend if he wasn't already for the rest of his life. That man will never have to buy a drink in Casey ever again.
1: Brunswick. Yeah, Brunswick. Yeah, so that's going back to what I was saying about the fact that there was no one on him. Because I think in that situation, panicked, couple of seconds left, the big comeback, 98% of players bomb that as long as they can and hope for Mark in the goal square. So I think that's what caught Geelong out that Jake Lever had the composure and the thought to just pull the kick, bring it 15 or 20 meters out instead of five meters out to where the tallest bloke on the ground is like still inexcusable for Geelong not to be covering him. But I think that's where Hawkins and Stanley and that were assuming it would get bombed long and were there preparing to knock it through.
0: But it's, it's, it's like no one was there. It looked like no one was there. Like, I don't even know if Lockie Henderson was playing, but that kind of player was just like hang your, like Jack Henry. Like, yeah. not a hand. But like,
1: no, but like, there was some a meter or so in front of him and a couple of meters behind him. But I think just all the, the big boys, Hawkins, and that went to the goal square ready to punch it through, make sure nobody marked it in the goal square. Hmm. Um, and just didn't, didn't even contemplate the fact that Lever might have the composure to pull it 20 meters shorter. A, um, yeah. Australian
0: so, form right there.
1: Don't show your hand too early. Ah,
0: well, you know, I don't think we're going out on a limb <laughs> by by suggesting that Jake Lever might be in the All Australian 22. Um, all right. Any last words on the Geelong Melbourne game?
1: Um, suck shit, Geelong.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fuck you, Geelong. That's all I have to say.
1: And it's also going to make it a lot funnier. Um, when Melbourne inevitably shit the bed and don't even make the grand final,
0: No, they absolutely won't, and I'm here for it. Um, Although, (laughs) Melbourne, minor premiers for the first time since 1964, the last time they won a flag. So,
1: Wow. You really are an AFL historian. Or you've switched on SEN and listened to one talkback caller in the last three days.
0: Oh, no, I was on Twitter for the past five days, so... It's hard mate,
1: to I, I've listened to almost two full days of SEN. I got a new found respect for Jared and our mate Shane Russell. Yeah, for just the Some amount... of the stupid callers be. they have to... I've heard from a very good source inside Collingwood that fucking Dane Beams will be the next coach for 17 <laughs> years. I mean... And Andrew Cracker will be his assistant and Leon Davis will be the ruck coach.
0: All right, well... hey we moved to the uh nathan eagleton cup as as very well spent by the afl how how we do complain a lot that the podcast that gets single digit listens a week has our shit stolen but when they said nathan eagleton port adelaide and western bulldogs player you have to give it to them
1: yeah, look, I mean that it's gone. It's gone beyond our knowledge because neither of us knew Nathan Eagleton played for Port Adelaide. I just, so, I, do. I mean, when you're going to add something to the stuff that the material that you've blatantly thieved from us? Hmm. Absolutely. Go, go on. Absolutely. Um,
0: I think we have differing opinions on this game. I really enjoyed this game. Um, it was a bit uh, Battle of the yeah, Midfield no. kept in between the 250s but uh i don't know i enjoyed it (laughs) a lot of good midfield play
1: yeah no 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 so did did i um yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh god i think we're, we're having we're having some minor wi-fi issues
0: i think we're okay hold on let me
1: we've stabilized
0: I think we've stabilized.
1: Harbor ISP isn't going to let us down for the second time in three weeks. I I hope not. Hold on, let me just. Oh, he's he's inverted his video.
0: Yeah, I have to flip my video because um, like so the kids can follow along. So I think like I have to use an extra app. While
1: um. Oh, so this is natural.
0: Yeah, so this is the normal. Actually, that works a lot better. That's that's probably why it's not. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Okay. Um, Port and the Bulldogs. Yeah, no, I also thought it was a good game. I think it, I just got swept up in the end of Hawthorne-Richmond, I think, it just yeah. especially the last 60 seconds. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I thought Port the Bulldogs, was a good game. Um, Ollie Wines, just a superstar yeah, he's, an,
0: an, oh, he's so good. He is so good.
1: What is happening with the bond?
0: He seems to be, at, at this point in time, like the fourth best midfielder in that team <laughs> at some point.
1: See, and I think I said this to you a little bit the other day. I think it was off mic, so I'll say it again. But I think, as stupid as it sounds, Trelaw and Dunkley coming back into that side has really messed up their midfield flow. They've identified Bont as probably the most uh, able midfielder to be able to go and play a key forward role. So they've put him forward, which is ridiculous because he's their best midfielder. So I think it's just completely thrown out their balance. Like, obviously, Trelaw and Dunkley, fantastic footballers. Mm. But since they've come back, their midfield looks a lot, lot worse.
0: Yeah, which is <laughs> – it's, it's almost a curse in depth and talent because he's just like, well, we've got Bond and we had McRae and we have Dunkley and we have Libba and we have Dale. And then they were just like, well, we can get Trelaw for, you know, a bag of beans. Why not? And then you've got seven midfielders to fill three or four spots.
1: Yeah, but having said that, they like they had Trelaw for the whole first half of the year and it worked fine. I know Dunkley probably didn't play a lot of that middle portion of the year, but mm-hmm. I think Bevo's probably got a little bit too cute with his selection and it, the way he's trying to pick the team. I would pick the if I if it was me, I would pick the best midfield first, and then you fit the others around that. Yeah. Because I think I think he's tried to say, well, Bont, yes, you're probably the best midfielder, but you can play better forward than Dunkley can play forward, so we'll put Dunkley in the middle. We'll put you forward, and it's just throwing that all out of whack.
0: Yeah, no, and it's a bad time to fuck around. They've lost three in the trot going to the finals, coming against a red-hot Essendon Bombers.
1: Red-hot, a red-hot Essendon Bombers that have beaten one top-eight side for the year.
0: What if you run three? Yeah, you've run three in the trot. Four in the trot.
1: Uh, three, I think. Yeah, Bulldogs, Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, you have beaten one top eight side for the year, just so happens to be the Western Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, you said that, and I was like, you've beaten the only one that matters this week. So, um, yeah, Port Adelaide, did they come back from behind. I feel like this game was a bit seesawy.
1: Yeah, the dogs were at home, weren't they? They were like three goals up. Yeah, With they were 15 minutes ago, three goals up halfway through. The last quarter,
0: um, and then Robbie Gray, oh, a a word for someone who we won't talk about in the All Australian, uh, Travis Boak with one of the best games I've ever seen from like a half forward midfielder in the past like multiple years. He was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Um. Yep.
0: Yeah, there's not much he's to say. <laughs> what do you have, like, 30-odd touches and three
1: goals or something ridiculous? Yep, 31 touches, two goals, three. Oh, yeah, he was um, everywhere. I think your mate, your favourite journalist, the purple-headed warrior, Damo, mm-hmm. declared it genuinely one of the best games Travis Bokes ever played. And it sounds like hyperbole, but, I mean, he's had 31 and five in a game that was crucially important for his side, and it's taken him to a top-two finish, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, how many games he played? He's played 300 odd. Yeah, 300 and something. Like couple, I think he played 300 against.
1: No, two hundred, two hundred and sixty nine. I think. Yeah. If this is current.
0: Yeah. Well, he's played, but like you'll do. You'll <laughs> struggle to play better games than, uh, a top two winning as you said top 2 winning 31 five um scoring shots i'm sure he had more in the way of um like score assists clearances etc etc it four yeah. clearances for someone who was yeah. playing half forward like
1: um, I agree and he has in fact played 304
0: games yeah i thought he played 300 on the silk game
1: yeah I, I, did he no he can't have cuz he didn't he carry silk he off
0: silk. he was it was recent but
1: um oh also sorry, that's something I wanted to get to in the Carlton GWS game. Hmm. Is Patrick Cripps one of the first play well, he's the only player I could ever remember carrying someone off when he didn't play? He got into the lift with oh no, sorry, not the not this week. It was the week before the Mark Murphy lift. I think he like was not- part of the Mark Murphy lift without having played in the game.
0: May- no, I did see that, and I feel like that happened recently.
1: There have been players that didn't play get carried off.
0: Basher did that, dislike.
1: But I don't remember any player being part of the lift that didn't play. That nope. reeks of arrogance to me. Reeks of me, 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 get me in the picture.
0: Or Patty Cripps. can I catch a break.
1: Add, add to that that he was significantly taller than the other half of the lift, which meant Mark Murphy was on a, a lean.
0: I feel like the other half of the lift was Ed Kerno, and I'm pretty sure we're both taller than Ed Kerno.
1: But that's what I'm saying. It was a completely unnecessary lift. Put Eddie in there. At least Mark would have been stable.
0: I think Eddie was also getting carried on.
1: No, Eddie oh, played this week.
0: week. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Last week. I was like, oh. Eddie carrying off someone on his last game.
1: <laughs> the, the triple decker lift. <laughs> that's that's why Patrick. You've got the moving pyramid.
0: <laughs> like got three, or two and a one, and they're all yeah. crawling.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> Levi, Harry, and weedering on the bottom.
0: <laughs> oh, ridiculous. You love to say it. All right. 30 seconds on the Richmond Hawthorne game because.
1: Despite, because there's only 30 seconds of the game worth talking about. It's the last 30.
0: Yeah, despite the fact that Hawthorne were home and then decided to hit the bed, and Sean Burgoyne literally almost saved the game with his last act in football. I think that's so awesome that the last act of Sean Burgoyne's career is him dying failure. In ah oh. oh, tough. <laughs> he's a four time premiership up, three time premiership winner. Four? No, he's four. Four, 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 um, yeah, four. Yeah, um, is him
1: at forty-five years old? On yeah, he two thousand four, and then the, yeah. Sorry, I, I thought they went in two thousand seven for some reason, but I was one hundred and twenty points off. <laughs> him diving uh, at forty-five
0: years old to try and touch the ball, which he did, and it was literally like half an inch over the goal line. I was like. I was a, so, Jonathan,
1: a Jonathan Patton dick
0: over the goal line. I was so mad for the rest of the day. Um, but honestly, like, the, the commentators before the game, they were just like, well, there's no good way to, you know, end this game. There are so many greats being sent off. You'd almost want to draw. Fuck you, Eddie.
1: <laughs> well, I, I didn't see it, but supposedly they asked Clarko before the game, about the retirements of Burgoyne and David Asprey or something. And he said, well, unless it's a draw, someone's going to lose. Yeah. And here we are.
0: Um, yeah. Look, Clarko, it's, <laughs> did I cry before the game? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, is Did
1: you cry after the game?
0: I did. Yes. Got a bit emotional. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this game, because it was, a game even though it ended in a draw it was just a pretty mid game of football um, I hung the jersey in the rafters it is, it is currently sitting above my TV the jersey that I was given in 2005 when Clarkson started coaching so
1: it's like the Chicago Bulls 23 at the United Centre
0: absolutely it's, it's up there, it's never coming back but it, it'll always be remembered alright we move to to probably my favorite game of the weekend. Brisbane Brisbane West Coast. Even though it was like 5 goals difference. Yeah, never has a 38 point victory been so compelling. It it was incredible because they were 5 goals in front and then everyone was just like, oh the percentage because during the week I, we were texting, we were just like they're going to run the shit out of this live ladder in the bottom corner. And then it got to the point half, like the start of the last quarter where West coast kicked like the first three goals and almost looked like winning. And then they extended the live ladder. Cause they were like, West coast could make the eight here if they get on top. And then Brisbane kicked a few. And then they'll Hutto was just like, Brisbane need one point to make the
1: top four here.
0: <laughs> one point. It was insane. Uh, and then we had uh, Timekeeping Gate.
1: Timekeeper Gate. Ah! And then really Arc Gate, because I'm not so convinced that that point was a point. I thought it went out in the full, and then I remain convinced it might have gone out in the full. It's all a conspiracy. It is all a conspiracy. My favourite moment of the game remains Hutto declaring the keeper of the Ark, Noah brilliant just brilliant. brilliant call yeah um but yeah no you, you, as i think i was listening to jared this morning on scn say the west coast players didn't know the maths they didn't have the sums because they didn't care they just saw the brisbane players who obviously knew light up and get a real sense of urgency and then all of a sudden the west coast players went Oh, it's game on here! Like they're playing for something. Let's play for something to stop them. Like they had no reason. They were down five to, to play no harder. With, they couldn't do anything. Like yeah. the game was gone for them. This is the end of your season. But oh, the opposition have started playing really hard and started really trying. So let's arc up and like that was it was, was trying to so spoil funny. their party. Yeah, it was so good.
0: And who kicked the last one? Was it McCarthy?
1: Uh, last one or Barry? was it Link? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Link McCarthy. And yep. then obviously Charlie could go off the siren, but which was yeah, great. But or and then Tom Morris <laughs> coming
0: later in the day being like, there were 24 extra seconds.
1: See, normally I say, yeah, that, that doesn't make a difference, but when genuinely the scores to get you over the line happen in the last 24 seconds, I think that does make a significant difference, but um, and This was something I wanted to say to you the other night that I forgot because I got swept up in the the emotion of Max Gorn. Um, I think that the biggest story about it was that there were like four incidents of this happening last year. that got reported to the AFL, Mm. but the AFL just went, eh, nothing happened, doesn't matter, who cares? The fact that they were aware of it, that it was an ongoing issue and just went, ah, fuck it, don't care and now it could potentially have cost a side of spot in the top 4 i think that is the bigger story than it being an isolated thing
0: yeah no 100% and especially, like especially you expect that from like the east ballarat under 19s you know like mm. old mate who's had 5 pints the night before turns up to work a little hungover and you know forgets to stop the time to blow yeah. the manual siren in some random fucking box in ballarat but like this is the afl people get paid thousands and thousands of dollars to run this shit as a professional sport
1: you can't have and, that. On, and on top of that is a hundred it is a million dollar industry gambling on it hmm. like if you had backed the bulldogs to make the top four with a significant amount of money you would be filthy And I mean, maybe not in this instance, but in a similar instance, like there would be a significant legal case that you could bring saying, well, I'm owed this like $1.5 million because of this mistake.
0: Should I sue Brad Hill for just being shit? (laughs) Uh,
1: In the context of your multi, no. In general context, yes. Yes.
0: But no, that, you're right. Like, there's, there's a lot of money. Like, I know it's not similar in the way... Like, I know the EPL have different, like, prize winnings for different positions. But, like, it could genuinely cost the Dogs any run in the finals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so cost them, cost the punters, co- sponsors, like,
0: yeah. The punters, that's the most important thing.
1: Well, it almost is to the AFL that dictates their decisions solely on money. Oh,
0: absolutely. It's TV
1: rights and it's gambling money. I uh, uh, yeah. yeah And and to be honest, the TV rights are driven mainly by, well, obviously TV right numbers are driven by sponsors, of which a large portion are betting companies.
0: Bet. Uh, the the amount sports of sports
1: bet uh, Ladbrokes with the shack ads.
0: Yeah, I, I put have-
1: it all on the to tonight
0: and i'd still make a purr Uh, (laughs) but like the amount of times i've had the uh love the game not the odds followed up by a sports bet ad ridiculous um yeah set a deposit limit no matter who you bet with i mean i bet bet with us and just give us your life savings I'll say I have a deposit limit, but I don't lose, so I don't need to put any more money
1: in. <laughs> They—they they are the hollowest sounding disclaimers. Any business that whose business model depends on you having no control, mm. telling you to have control, is so disingenuous. It's not funny. I know. It's it just don't... Smoke, smoking companies putting those cancer ads on cigarettes. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's... Alcohol companies That's... telling you to drink responsibly. Ridiculous. Betting companies telling you to bet, gamble responsibly. Ridiculous.
0: It's just, an, it's just, uh, that's a whole different podcast. The ethics podcast hosted by Dr. Father, Peter, Reverend, Ga- uh, <laughs> you, you put Peter in there. I did. Dr. Father.
1: No, no, no. You no, you got to start with Mr. Cause Mr. 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 Is the Dr. one Father he really hates. Mr. Dr. Father, Reverend Timothy. Gay. Yep. Gay.
0: Then, nah. <laughs> Hey. Um, all great. right I
1: yep. still can't believe he drink out of my water bottle once <laughs> <laughs> what a unique individual
0: oh, goodness great I loved it um, last game of the round most important game of the round
1: flag guns
0: all right go on hold on let me let me find the uh... here
1: comes G again mano, mano. Can he shut him down like he did last year what a little fire I honestly feel like the Panthers are on top. The run of the play, I feel like they're doing better than the Melbourne Storm, but the Melbourne Storm have been able to keep the scoreboard ticking. Here's a point. Look, look, good point. They are keeping the scoreboard ticking. They're approaching their 20th win in a row, which would be an all-time record.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to find out about the uh, salary cap cheating in about five years.
1: (laughs) Um yeah, a, 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 as you know by the time 320 rolled around sunday i was very much in celebration mode i sat out on my balcony i had a cheese platter i had a bottle of wine and just didn't particularly care too much about the performance of the dons i was just hyped for next week
0: yeah no that's um, fair do you want to talk about this game or do you want to should we start on the uh next week's match, and we'll start with the bombers.
1: Uh I feel like
0: that's more important than the dead rubber, unless they're yeah, probably important.
1: couple of couple of couple of points on the dead rubber. Really good to see Dev Smith get back pretty close to his best. was huge. Or, almost to his best. I, I he was almost best on ground for me. Um, kicked a couple, set a couple of goals up, was really unselfish, looked alert and alive, tackling hard. All the things that all, all the good parts of Dev Smith when he was at the Giants and the first year or so is that the Bombers were back. Um, and I think he's been building to this for a few weeks and it's really good to see him get back to that. Um, good to see Alec Waterman get into a bit of form, kick four. I think he's, he's obviously not the, the go-to forward, but I think he's, he's a pretty decent third forward to have up there. He's a really good kick for goal, um, strong body, strong mark uh the big seven seater two liter no what is he two meter beater, egg beater egg beater wife uh, oh
0: there we go
1: um derek jeter but yeah no, he kicked four as well so in good form uh and uh, i mean i think the whole team's in pretty good form the backline's performing well the midfield is good again parish got held well by rantal Rantel. But that allowed Merritt to get off the chain. McGrath was really good in second game back, which was good to see. Um, Stringer was good again. And got out got out of it with a clean sheet injury wise. So
0: Love it. All right. Well, we'll start in Tassie on Sunday. We'll work backwards, why not? 320 at the Fortress. Western Bulldogs. Essendon. How are we feeling? No chance. Is, is that a no chance, as in actually no chance, or let's oh, say
1: some chance? But I reckon we get beat by eight goals ish
0: percentage. If you had to say Essendon win 15, I was also at 15. It's yeah. hard to see the dogs lose four on the trot, and if so, that would be. See,
1: yeah i'm not so i'm not so convinced that it, they can't lose four on the trot like i th- think if if they beat us i think they'll get beaten comfortably the week after by melbourne or brisbane probably mm. brisbane yeah. um cuz i don't think they're not in very good form at all they um their midfield's not tracking well as we talked about before without bruce their forward line looks real real shaky like norton for all he's talked up to be, hasn't had a great back half of the year and can't kick. Jamara hasn't proven that he's any good yet. I think he will be, but hasn't proven that he's good enough yet. Bruce out. Their forward line doesn't look threatening. Their back line's been an issue all year. Um, Their ruck stocks, it, listening to Bevo's press conference today, it doesn't sound like they're going to risk Steph Martin. So it's going to have to be Tim English again, who Sam Draper gave an absolute bath to a couple of weeks ago. Mm. The thing, yeah, the thing about that game a couple of weeks ago, I think Essendon played about as well as we could, and the Bulldogs played about as bad as you could expect them to. Yeah. And we still only just got over the line. So I think uh, Bont will play more midfield time. I think they will click a bit better. And I think they will, will be a little bit too strong for us. But, um, as I've said for quite a while, our midfield is, if not elite, it's at least approaching elite with Merritt, Parrish, McGrath, Stringer. Stringer, who's been the best player since the bye statistically and in many people's eyes. Um, Draper's flying as that young Ruckman. Dylan Shield there to help out. If Kyle Langford comes back this week, that'll be a huge in. Um, Tipper might be back, hopefully with a couple of weeks fitness work under his belt. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility.
0: Okay. Where, if Essendon win, what needs to happen? Obviously, like, good Bont needs to have a bad game. Or, like, their midfield needs to have a bad game. But, like, is it just a stringer game? I feel like if they win, uh, a
1: stringer game. I think it's all the, the midfield. Like, a, as basic as that sounds to say, mm. I think we are even enough defensively and offensively with them. So it's going to come down to who wins it out of the midfield. I think we'll have the advantage in the ruck. Mm. Um, so so it's really going to come down to if we can break even in the middle or win, I think we're a pretty good chance. So it's going to come down to Merritt, Parrish, McGrath, Stringer, V, Bond, McRae, Libber, Dunkley, Trelaw. Woof. Bailey Smith. Which is, and I may be a little bit biased here, but it's arguably one of the best midfield matchups in the finals. Like obviously, obviously, Melbourne have got Trak and Clary, but I think i have probably got that at least four real Jets, and the Bulldogs have got probably four or five real Jets. Yeah, like real midfielders. Like like you like you look at Geelong, especially with Duncan out, it's Dangerfield, Selwood, Guthrie, and then yeah, Ports probably Boke and Wines, and then drops off. Brisbane's probably Neil and McCluggage. Lions, I guess, but I'm not sure he's an A grader.
0: Yeah, no, no. no I think Essendon genuinely have two A players in Parish and Merritt, and then you've got what. But not, I, behind stringer. Yeah, Stringer's probably been,
1: a yeah, I think, especially the way he's played consistently the back half of this year, at least. I think stringer is definitely in the, that a grade. Hmm.
0: Um, so yeah,
1: I mean, I, as, as, as I said, he's been the best player in the competition since the bye statistically, and um, and just without looking at the statistics, I think that's a pretty fair call. Like, he's torn games to shreds. You saw that Hawthorne game. We were at the pub and we watched it. He oh, yeah. was just dominant. He beat Gold Coast by himself a couple of weeks ago.
0: And, um, and as, as I said, during that podcast that we recorded afterwards, we could beat the Gold Coast. That is true. Um, and, no, but you're right. I, I still maintain that Essendon have a top four, a top three
1: strict midfield. Harris, yeah. Stringer, Merritt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I said 15%. 15% was probably applying my pessimistic Essendon fan lens. I reckon, objectively, it's probably about 25%. Because just going through all those things that I spoke about then, like, I think it's pretty conceivable, not likely, but conceivable that those things could happen and we could win. Because mm. you look at the Bulldogs forward line, like, who's going to tear us apart other than if Norton kicks six.
0: Well, you got Norton. You've got, like, does Jamara come back in this week? You'd have to think oh, maybe, comes back. I, mean, I, th- I
1: think he has to. Who? So, it's so long ago now. Who was their forward line Friday night?
0: So, Friday night, it was Jamara. It was Mitch Hannon. It was Latham Vandermeer.
1: No, so, it wasn't Jamara, was it? Did Jamara uh, play? No, 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 sorry. No, oh, so Norton, Norton. You said Jamara.
0: Vandermeer. Hannon. Waitman. English went forward a bit, but, like, he couldn't really. Yeah. Um, and then you've got,
1: like, Bailey Smith. Yeah, and so Tim, Tim English is a very, very good full forward. They
0: can't afford But, but he
1: can't play yeah. full forward if Steph Martin doesn't play. And even if Steph Martin does play, there's no way he'll be fit enough to ruck a substantial portion of the game. I think Shacky's coming back this week. Um so yeah, I, look, I would be disappointed if Essendon's backline, that's been performing really well, got torn to shreds by Vandermeer, Young, and oh,
0: Hannon. Yeah, no, look, I think even if Shacky comes back, I think you're a. It's pretty much a wash at both ends. I think I'd give a slight edge to the Bulldogs backline, just because, like, unless Tipper comes back. Who have you got up forward? You've got
1: Yeah. Um meter. well two meter stringer will play forward other than center bounces. Mm. Um, Waterman's down there. <clears throat> uh and then you've got the the runners around Snelling and Guelphie and Yeah. I, you're, that's, you're, that's you're right. I, I don't I don't think our forward line's great, but I, I think Tipper will play is what I'm reading in the tea leaves. Um, Dev Smith, back into a bit of form. Yeah. Perk, My not boy, too bad. Right. Uh, I, ol I, ol I, reckon, I reckon if Tipper comes back in, Franger probably gets dropped. But then that probably leads us devoid of tall oh, options. Yeah. Francis. Um, so maybe Francis keeps his spot. I, I mean, maybe we bring Hooker back in.
0: Isn't he retiring? Isn't he retired?
1: No, he's not retired. He's retiring. <laughs> but he played in the scratch match against GWS, played really well, apparently. Look, uh, I don't know. You'd probably stick with Francis, I think. Yeah, um, like
0: Francis Waterman and two meters seems okay.
1: Yeah, and then you've got Dev yeah, Smith, Perk.
0: The Bulldogs back line. If you're playing like Melbourne, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, with those three, and then you got Smith in form, Perk. If Tipper's back in there as well, and then you've got Snelling and Guelphy running through there to put that pressure on. Um, it's going to be interesting right. to see. Let's go, back. It's going to be interesting to see what the changes are because I think um, if we say Tipper, I would think Tipper and Langford back in. Actually, Langford will be a big addition to that forward line because um, he's that big-bodied, can go through the middle and will go through the middle, but will probably play predominantly forward. So maybe it'll be Francis and Dylan Clark out for Tipper and Kyle Langford. That's no, not
0: Dylan say. Clark.
1: Dylan Clark will be out. I'm not even going to say oh. might, should. Oh. Yeah, number 37, oh. the blonde-haired, left-footed nobody. Oh. Um, so he, he will be out um as for others out uh, Durham is probably unfortunately next on the chopping block because I think Guelphie had a fantastic game so it, Durham's probably next but I would think if Langford plays they might go Waterman Langford uh right as the three tools any last words on Essendon Western Bulldogs um flagged on hey
0: flagged on um Will they break the 6,000-day streak this week?
1: Actually, that is one interesting thing I have to say about that. Yes, and haven't won a, a final since uh, 2004. 2004. I was there. But do you know how many finals Luke Beveridge has won as a coach?
0: One? Uh,
1: six? Four. All in the 2016 year? All in 2016. Other than 2016, has never won a final.
0: Overrated.
1: Quite. Uh, you, you say that jokingly. I've heard quite a few Bulldog supporters not happy with Bevo at all. Yeah, but when you win a flag, you, you get license. He gets the grace. Yeah, he gets a grace period and an excusal. Excusal? The, the excusal, I don't think is a word. Um, I'll allow it. I won't. The the lawyer <laughs> in me hates it. Uh, um, yeah, he he gets let off the hook, but I'm yeah, not well, conv- I'm not convinced he's that good a coach. And and we talked about this last week. That's how I feel about like Chris Scott.
0: And there have been okay. And I'll talk about this later. But um, there are some coaches where you just like they like Chris Scott walked into. a one of the best teams of the 2000s and has yeah. got 10 years of coaching. But we'll talk about it later. I have a whole thing about it. Um, okay. Flag Don. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, I love that you started that little scene. <laughs> this is what I talked about last week and then finished it with, we'll talk about it later.
0: I'm starting it. I'm ending it. Flag Don's. That's all we're here for.
1: Flag Don's. Prelim Don's is dead. Flag Don's is alive. Just ask Georgie Ma. She's with me.
0: Absolutely. Shout out Georgie Ma. Um 730.
1: If Essen and win this weekend, we're getting Georgie Ma on next week. We
0: absolutely will. Lock it in. Lock it in. 7.30, Adelaide Oval. Saturday night, Melbourne, Brisbane. All the games are tasty now. There, there are no dead rubbers. There are no who cares? We're we're at the we're at the stage where, okay, this this is the meat and potatoes. This is the good bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. And I think Saturday night's a really interesting game, to be honest. And I think the hardest one to pick of the weekend. Yeah, Melbourne have been not sputtering.
0: They've been okay. But Brisbane are coming in, I feel like, in a rich vein of form.
1: I think Brisbane are the form team in the comp.
0: Yeah. No, I I 100% agree. And you look at players like, is his name Jared Berry? Yep. Jared Berry, who just like kicked three when it absolutely mattered um, in the last quarter even. And he's just like, well. Had an
1: incredible, incredible
0: last quarter. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Um, Charlie Cameron came up when he's big. Joe Danaher is that guy who just kicks a goal every single game.
1: First player to kick a goal every week of the home and away season since Joe Dadaher in oh, yeah. 2017.
0: Hey, He's really that guy. Um, their back line is really good. They've got, I'd say, really good depth. One of my
1: favorite players in the league at the moment is Zach Bailey. Yep. Love him. Have awesome. loved him since he sunk Collingwood Hearts after the siren. Oh, that, that's when I found out who he was. He's awesome. Um, yeah, and back into their side this week is their big ruckman slash key he's forward, the, Harris yeah, Andrews. Huge. The barometer will be uh, a bit of a mess, I reckon. True. Can't see the barometer making it to the starting 23. Fuck, he's up. Oh, can't stand him.
0: <laughs> um, on the other half, how are we feeling about Melbourne? Shit. Uh, Two and a half yeah. quarter of football. They came back and it's a nice story. They've won the minor premiership for the first time in 50 years, but like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> bit. Uh... I like both these teams are sides that can look really, really good or can just go to sleep for patches, as Brisbane showed us against West Coast and Melbourne obviously showed us against Geelong. Mm. Um, so it'll, it'll. I think it's less a matter of who's got the better talent and more a matter of who applies themselves and commits for longer um which which is why i find it so difficult to pick because that's something that's really tough to obviously guess who's going to play better for longer um because i think they're both pretty similar in potential but not potential but ability um and talent I'm. my gut feel is that Melbourne will just scrape over the line, but with no real confidence at all. And it really wouldn't surprise me to see Brisbane win.
0: No, I'd agree. I think matchup wise, just like player for player. Like if you look at 22 v 22, I think Melbourne have the upper hand. You just think about Melbourne's back line. Um, they've got Lever, they've got May. There's no Hipwood. So there's only Joe up there. Charlie and, and Dan McStay. Yeah, he's been good, but he's no Hipwood.
1: No, he's, he's no Hipwood, but I mean, if you look at the, I think that is what it's going to come down to is the matchups in Brisbane's forward line. Mm. Um, so who plays on Danaher?
0: You'd think May plays on Danaher.
1: See? So who plays on uh, McStay then? Who's that, who's that third back? What's his name? Who are you talking about? Melbourne's Petty? Uh, uh, the- yeah, Petty. To- yeah, Tom Petty. To- not Tom Petty. Um
0: am <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> pretty <fully. laughs>
1: he- he- She's got his heartbreakers following him around. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Petty, uh, whatever his first name is. Um, so does he play on day? And Lever plays that sort of Josh Gibson.
0: Yeah, but they, like, of- is he playing like Link? Yeah, probably. No, I, I, my most important question, who plays on Charlie Cameron? I think uh, he can yeah. genuinely be like a, a three plus goal kicker here if Brisbane are at any chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good call. Um, Melbourne have got a, a good lockdown defender, don't they? Okay, uh, apparently. <laughs> no, they do. Hibbard's not in their side. Otherwise, I'd say Hibbert. Um, he, he, he got dropped. Um,
0: let me look at the lineups.
1: So last week Melbourne uh, Smith, yeah maybe Smith. I don't think you would play Salem as a lockdown defender. So yeah, Smith or Trent Rivers maybe. Oh Trent
0: Rivers is a good chat. I love Trent Rivers. I I love the fact that it's Trent Rivers. He plays with Jared's number twenty four, and he looks like Jared. Just yeah. just stature alone.
1: No, maybe fun. maybe it just is Jared. He's just changed his name and is
0: <laughs> he's. He'd be, what, in the 40s by now? He's just yeah, out yeah. of the Melbourne list. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely doesn't
1: matter. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Charlie Cameron matchup is a big one. I think the Danaher matchup is a big one. Mm. Um, and then at the other end, yeah, Melbourne's forward line not looking... Isn't super strong, but is looking a bit better with Ben Brown in some form, Tommy McDonald back in the Pickett and Fritch in some form. So, you yeah, I mean, looking a lot better than it was probably six weeks ago. Yeah.
0: All right. We're back. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, now we're back.
1: You just looked like you were thinking really inquisitively about what I have just said. The internet
0: just shit the bed for about 15 seconds. So if you care to go on your we're,
1: Melbourne Ford line diatribe again. Okay. So the, I, <laughs> um, the, the Melbourne Ford line, I think has traditionally, well not traditionally, but all year has not been seen as not quite as strong as other aspects of their game. But I think, Now, with Ben Brown in some good form, with Bailey Fritch in good form, McDonald back in after missing, not last week, but the week before. Mm. Pickett's in good form, and Trak's been spending a bit of time down there. I think they look a lot better than probably they did six or eight weeks ago down there.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. And yeah, as you're right, Ben Brown has been rounding into form since he got dropped and came back. And he just looks (laughs) a lot. His run-up is the most ridiculous thing ever.
1: Yeah, he's, he's made... Made the long road back, but once he gets to the end of the long road and he kicks over the man on the mark, and he goes straight, it's all good.
0: He, he kicks Hey, Tom Brown, I'll tell you that. Um, all right. Any last words on Melbourne
1: Brisbane? Uh, go Lions, I think.
0: I, I would like to see Brisbane win a premiership.
1: Not the club, just Jared Lions. Oh. Just him.
0: I, I want to see Chris Fagan win a flag.
1: He saves- oh, absolutely. That celebration on oh. uh, Saturday was worth it, just alone. We chucked the headset up. He's so excited. Yeah. Ah!
0: That man is 60-something years old, and he is celebrating like that. awesome, just awesome. You love uh, to see it. Absolutely love to see it. Battle of the Bridge at the Fortress. Sydney GWS, Buddy Thousand. Here we come. We're on. Buddy Thousand.
1: See, as good as good as it would be to see Buddy kick a thousand this week, I would so prefer to see him do it against arch rival Geelong the week after. That would be. Imagine <laughs> Buddy kicking his thousandth goal to sink Geelong into a straight sets elimination.
0: Oh, uh, after Tom Hawkins has just missed a goal, oh, uh, it's
1: uh, no. After Grian's just missed a goal, you would explode.
0: No, I think as, as you would as
1: spontaneously much... combust.
0: As much as I love, like, like Tom Hawkins as a forward in today's game, Tom Hawkins has done a lot of wrongs by me as a Hawthorne fan. So if Tom Hawkins does anything wrong and then it goes straight up the other end and Franklin sinks him, Franklin running up the wind with Tom Hawkins and Brian Myers chasing him.
1: Ah, ah. Isaac Smith runs away from Isaac Smith.
0: Oh, just absolutely bodies him.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh no, he's gone.
0: You're still here. We have, we're having dodgy internet problems. We do apologize.
1: I think it's I think it's your internet this time.
0: I think it is me at the moment. Um I don't know why. I'm, you should I'm on, never
1: you should never have switched to Harbor ISP. Mate, I'm on
0: whatever NBN. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> Harbor ISP NBN.
1: Um doesn't matter how fast the connection is if the connection is down. That's very true. Um, uh, yeah, no, I I think again it's a hard one to pick, but I think Sydney win this reasonably comfortably,
0: unless Toby um, Green has an absolute belter.
1: Yeah, look, look, true, and I think that's the only thing that can really save them, or unless Toronto goes into beast mode again.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I love I love Timmy T.
1: Yeah, no, me too. Um, yeah, I think GWS have done well to get this far, mm. but but I think Sydney are comfortably a stronger side. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a good game. It's interesting. Mm. This is the third final between Sydney and GWS. Very- there has there has never been. A Western Derby final.
0: What do you think about the uh, Queensland final Derby?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't know they still played finals in the NAB Cup.
0: <laughs> Not without Holden Vanderbilt. <laughs> because
1: that's the only way Gita, uh, Gold Coast are getting to a final this millennium. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, let's be honest. They're getting shifted to Tassie in five years.
0: Oh. Uh, That's something we can talk about at some point. Um, Is Tassie's weather going to hold up? Tassie's weather has been pretty brutal in the last couple
1: of weeks. It's an excellent question. Let's consult the bomb. (laughs) Saturday, 14 and cloudy. Sunday, 15 and showers. That's not great. That is not great.
0: All right. So we're looking at, ah, oh, it's just not going to be good football. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I think Sydney have too much strength and depth. Um, and like we say this every week when GWS play, they could be five goals in front at quarter time and still lose by six goals. Like there's definitely still that type of team. Um, and I still maintain that unless Toby Green goes absolutely bananas, they're not winning this game. So,
1: Yep. No, I agree. Brilliant. Sam, right. Ta- Sam Taylor playing a buddy is going to be a real interesting matchup, I think.
0: It's going to be, going to be rough. All right. And Friday night, uh, Port Adelaide, Geelong, the rematch of the 2007 grand final.
1: Geelong by one hundred and nineteen points, one hundred and seventeen points,
0: nineteen. You're right.
1: Nineteen.
0: Yeah. Um, In Adelaide, all right. Here we are. We're at this very basic, uh, if this then that, almost demo style. Hit me purple. Port, Port Adelaide playing at home, very good, very high success. Port Adelaide playing against top eight team, not good. Very bad success. Irresistible force versus
1: immovable object. What wins? You've never sounded more like Borat than when you summed that game up. <laughs> Not a great success.
0: Great success.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you only need to look back to round 13 when we got our answer to that. It was funnily enough. And I mean, won't matter to anybody other than me, but it was the first ever game of football I watched in this apartment.
0: Hey, that matters to the listener.
1: It was on the night I moved here. Um, and on that night, Geelong won by 21 points. In Adelaide. Against Port Adelaide. That's
0: true. And I'm looking at the sides. It's pretty full strength.
1: Yep. Yeah. And in that game, Port were two goals up. 10 minutes into the last quarter and gave up almost five goals in a row. Well, not five goals in a row, but uh, what have they given up? Five of the last six.
0: Yeah, and Tom Hawkins kicked four goals for, so I think look, I find it very hard to look past Geelong. I know they're without Tom Stewart and without Mitch Duncan for the first round, I believe, at this rate. But And I know they just lost, but i I look at Geelong's team and I'm like oh that that's they are they've gone all in,
1: yeah, have to win it, look, I agree, I agree I just, sorry, just quickly looking back on this game, this was the game that Connor Rosie went mental in the first quarter, and he like, hit like three or four goals, yeah, yeah, he hit four goals in the first quarter, um, but yeah, no, I agree, I think. I see Geelong winning and winning pretty comfortably. The only saving grace, I think, for Port Adelaide is they're in pretty good form. They're actually in really good form mm. um, and haven't really got much out of Charlie Dixon. Charlie? So That's if... Ch- good and, since like the first quarter of the season, I feel like. No, I agree. But if they can get a big game out of Charlie Dixon, that could be what differentiates it because he, if he tears the game apart, then that is a huge, huge difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Him, uh, Georgi Artis.
0: I feel like that's one of Geelong's rare like weak points is their key backs. Because he got Hockey yeah. Henderson, Jack Henry isn't a key back, and they insist on playing him at centre half back. Um 100
1: percent agree. Um will Georgie artis play though? Did he he did his hammy Friday night, but oh. there are whispers around that he might that they think he might play. Uh, would so it would be, be a big risk. You shouldn't take injured players into finals, but
0: uh, and they do have a second chance. So I think that's one of those games where you can just give him a break.
1: Yeah, there are thoughts that he might play. I think Aratiyo is going to be back. That will that will excite BT no end getting to call Aratiyo. Huge, absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, I I still think Geelong win this game.
1: Yeah, no. So do I. So do I.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, that's round. We, we've we've talked round 23 and we're on finals week one. Huge. Absolutely huge. Look at us go. Look at us go. And oh, have you got any... Uh,
1: no. You'd like to... No. We're, we're still just lingering Ugh. in the effects of the, the pussy full of maggots.
0: All right. With that being said... Thank you for listening to the first part of the Last Call podcast. My Ash Mal. It's been Ash. Any last words? No episode. We'll see you then.